This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Recently at our church, I've been talking to several young people. They're just about to finish up their master's degrees. A lot of them are unmarried, and they're beginning to think, or at least beginning to talk to me more, about marriage, finding a spouse. And a little while ago, I was going through some old files, and I found a recording of a young couple that were giving their testimony of how they came to be married. They were newlyweds at the time, and so they were talking at a church, and they shared their story of how the Lord had led them together and the things that they were thinking about. And I guess I'll give it away now. That young couple is me and Olga many years ago. I found this recording that was made within a month, I think, of when we were married, married here in Russia, spent a little bit of time in Switzerland, and then we went to the United States and found ourselves at my church in Austin, Texas. And we had a meeting, and Olga and I wanted to share with the church how we'd met, how we'd come to be married. That was the first time that folks there had met her. So I found this recording, and I thought it'd be good to give a little testimony. It's our story. It's our testimony of how the Lord led us together, how he was speaking to us independently and then together, and how we came to be married. So I thought the timing would be good. And actually, just today, I had a meeting with a young man, a worship leader from our church, and he wanted to talk about this topic. So it's good for older folks that have been through these experiences to talk about how the Lord leads and to talk even more generally about marriage. I talked about family a few episodes ago, and it may come up again. I do want to say a few things about what you're about to hear For some reason, and I don't know why I don't have the first part of that recording, but we sort of come into the middle of the conversation where I mention a list that I made. I'll talk about that in just a second. We also mention a second wedding. Actually, we had three weddings, Olga and I. (laughs) Here in Russia, we had a state wedding in October of that year, and that was just so that we could have the marriage certificate in Russian, but we did not consider ourselves husband and wife at that point. A few weeks later, in November, at the end of November, we had our church wedding, and that's when we considered ourselves to be husband and wife and started our life together at that point. And then when we went to the United States uh, about a month or so later, we met with the pastor of the church and had a nice visit with him, and then we got married again in the pastor's office so that we could have a marriage certificate in English, uh, moving between cultures and being involved in different countries, we realized that it'd just be good to have our documents in both languages instead of having to do apostilles and translations and things like that. So sometimes Olga and I will jokingly say, I'll say that she's my third wife. (laughs) She's also my first and second wife, but she's my third. Or sometimes I'll joke with her and say that of all my three wives, she's my favorite. Also, just another thought, we say, or I say, that we have an arranged marriage. Our Father in Heaven clearly set up our marriage and arranged it for us. So we're very happy that our Father 
arranged for us to be married. And I hope that that's true of any single person listening right now, that when the time comes for you to be wed, you have confidence that God has arranged it and that he blesses it, that you and your spouse have agreement about that because there's so much strength in that once the hard times come, because married couples obviously are going to disagree on things at some point. And if both people are confident that the Lord has arranged that marriage, then there's a lot of strength to go through those harder times. Also, I want to say that marriage is for a lifetime. The Bible says that God hates divorce, and why would we do something that he hates? When you marry, it's for the rest of your life, or until the rest of your spouse's life. It's until death parts you. So if you're thinking about going into marriage, or if you're just wondering how to think about going into marriage, when you start talking to this potential spouse, it's very important that both of you understand that when you get married, that is for the rest of your life. You can't go into a marriage and say, well, if we don't like each other, if it doesn't work out, we can get divorced and marry somebody else. That is not the way the Lord wants us to think. The two become one. And what God has joined together, no person should separate. I also want to mention that Elizabeth Elliot has done a lot of very good teaching on marriage and the family. And I'll include some links in the show notes. I work with the Elizabeth Elliot Foundation. I'm very familiar with her writings and talks. My wife translated a very good book of hers into Russian. The title of that book is Passion and Purity. And if you haven't read it, I suggest that you read it. And I also mention that in the talk that you're just about to hear. Also, one other little thing I'll mention is that there's um, a technical glitch sort of towards the end of the talk. You'll hear my voice get silent. I don't know exactly what happened with the microphone. So anyway, just apologies for that. I've tried to boost up the levels so you can hear what was said. But it's um, just a little bit of a technical problem that you'll run into. So apologies for that in advance. Okay, just in my final notes, final comments here, I want to mention the list that I made because I think the first thing you're going to hear me say in just a a minute or so is that I started praying about this list. Now, before I moved to Russia, somebody had said that they made a list of the qualities that they wanted in a wife, and then they prayed about that list. And at the time, I thought, well, that, that doesn't seem right to me. It seems like I'm almost dictating things to God and trying to bend him to my will. And then later I thought about it some more and I thought, well, the Bible does say that we should desire good gifts. And the Bible says it's good to ask our Heavenly Father. We have to realize he may say no, but it's good to ask. And so I made a list of the qualities that I was looking for in a wife. I'm going to make a little noise here. You'll hear my Bible, I think, opening and a piece of paper right there. And this is the list that I wrote down probably 25 years ago, and I reference it in the talk. Quite a bit of it is from the scriptures, qualities that are found in the Bible. From James, the qualities of wisdom that is from above, pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of good fruit, impartial, sincere. Then I wrote down some other things that I was looking for, a sense of humor, a woman who has a love of God and of the word, Uh, somebody who's called to live a radical life, someone who is selfless and assured, 
prayerful. And then the final thing on my list is somebody who's called to marry me. So this list will figure into the first thing that you're just about to hear. And again, the recording you're just about to hear is myself and my wife. And I think it was recorded in December of 2001. We were married in November, then went to the States. And it was before the end of the year that we were there in Austin sharing this with our brothers and sisters in the church there. So I will hand this over to a younger version of myself. So about a year ago at this time, I had already been praying on this list for uh, probably for a month or so. And somewhere in the middle of my prayers, I switched over. There was a moment, and I wish I'd written it down on that day, where I switched from asking for a wife to thanking God for a wife in advance. And it just kind of happened, and I thought, uh, I'm, afraid to, I'm afraid to pray this way, but that's what I feel the Spirit lead me to do, is, Lord, I thank you for this wife. So I wrote down my list, and I think I might have shared it, but some of you haven't heard the list. I, I still carry it in my Bible. It's from James 3.17. And then I add on my own stuff. So I thought I would read it. And I'll say that the Lord fulfilled this list for me perfectly and then gave me even more than I was asking for. And uh, it starts off from James 3.17. These are the qualities that I wrote down here. Pure, peace-loving, considerate, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere. Then my list picks up. Sense of humor a love of God and the Word, wants a large family, uh, not too overbearing, called to live a radical life, selfless, assured, prayerful. And then the last item on the list was called to marry me because I wanted to make sure that she knew from the Lord that she was called to marry me and that it wasn't my will or her will, but that she knew she was called to marry me. And as we got to know each other, I would check off things on this list mentally. And there were several times, but we never got to the last one that she was called to marry me. And of course, I couldn't say anything about that, just waiting for the Lord to reveal to us uh, his timing, if it was to be, if we were to be married. So uh, I thought I would talk up to the moment we met and then let Olga tell her story up to the moment we met, and then we'll just sort of talk about it. So I was praying for this wife, thanking God for this wife. And then I came to the time to hire a staff for this Russian charitable organization that I, I am directing in St. Petersburg. And a good friend of mine, John Russell, knew that I was looking for a secretary interpreter, somebody who would be a good secretary to help run the office, and someone who could be an interpreter, English to Russian, Russian to English, to work with me to help me do the work that I needed to do. So he suggested Olga, and he gave... He told me about her, and then he gave her my phone number, and she called on February 6th. And then on February 8th, I was having a big dinner at my flat, and I just talked to her on the phone, and I thought, well, why don't it be nice if she came over on for this big dinner I'm having for all these people. She could meet me, I could meet her, she could meet some of the other people I'm working with, and just give her, be a good chance for us to meet each other face to face. So she came over on uh, February the 8th, and that's when we first met. Well, I'm going to speak about myself a little bit, what was happening to me. For, for a couple of years, um, before the, well, up till junior of last year, I 
I worked as a personal interpreter for one missionary lady uh, in the church where uh, I was going, and it was my official employment. And I, I before that I worked at a construction company, and the project went on suspension, and I didn't want to find any official job because uh, I hoped that the project would come back to life and uh, I could work there again. But this project probably will never come back to life <laughs> again. But um, at the end of that year, this uh, lady, uh, she told me that she's going to leave. So she said she could only guarantee me work until the end of the year, which was last year. And so she just kind of warned me a month in advance. So I was I was thinking about getting a job. And um, in January, I very persistently was looking for a job. But I couldn't find any. First of all, because I was afraid to get a wrong job. I was very, very afraid to get something that was not right for me. And um, after one of the interviews, I felt like the Lord said, okay, now just come down, relax. We just put all these newspapers away from you. <laughs> you just stop going to all these places, stop calling to just, just relax, just be at peace. So I just didn't do anything for two weeks. And um, then after about two weeks, uh, John Russell asked me if I was still looking for a job and told me about Mike. And um, I also kind of, end of last year especially, and very beginning of this year, I really felt like the Lord was going to change my life radically, very seriously. I had, <laughs> I had two of my very, very close friends. Uh, one of them is my mom. And another one of them is um, another girl who lived with us for two years. Her name is also Olga, telling me that they felt really strongly a big change in my life, and they felt very strongly it was a change toward marriage. And I remember that also at the very beginning of the year, it was actually on 2nd of January because I wrote it down. I was praying, and God told me, I'm going to bring a specific person into your life this year, and this year you're going to get married. I was like, oh my goodness, it was 2nd of January <laughs> this year. And I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> so, but uh, I was looking for a job, so I kind of didn't think about this too much. And um, when I met Mike on mm, February 8th, when I talked to him on the phone, it was very surprising to me that I talked to him for 20 minutes because um, I'm not a very great phone talker. <laughs> I don't like to talk on the phone too much. <laughs> But it was just so easy to talk to him, and then we met, and just, I felt like it was fun. <laughs> like it was fun. <laughs> well, we met there at the dinner, and um, I talked to her, and of course, I thought, well, there's an attractive young lady. And then we talked more about her skills and her interests and things like that, and after the big dinner, she was leaving, and we're out at the sort of entryway into my flat, and this is the thing that attracted me to her first. Uh, she was putting on her coat, and we were standing there. And I said, "Well, you know, it's it's a job. I don't. Are you are you interested?" And she said, "Yeah, I'm interested in it." And I said, "Well, let's pray about it and see how how things go." And you know, you say, "Let's pray about it," meaning, "Let's go home. Let's separately pray about this thing." Well, I said, "Let's pray about it," and she said, "Okay." <laughs> she said, "Okay," and stepped into me, you know, and bowed her head, and I'm like, "Okay." We'll pray about it then. I thought, wow, there's a spirit for you, you know? I mean, it's great. It was really, really good. And then I think 
officially we agreed like that you would start working on the 10th or so, something like that, a couple of days later. And then on the 15th or so, we had our first day and just had a, had a great time. The first day that we worked together, we drove all over the country. We went out to a summer youth camp to visit a director, but the director wasn't there. So we're out in the middle of the country in the snow, beautiful snowscape and everything. And they have all these toys and it's out in. So we had dinner, right? We had lunch there, right? They made a lunch for us and they had this, uh, they call it a finished sled. It's a kind of a sled that you have a seat and somebody pushes the sled and rides on the runners. And so we grabbed one of those and pushed it around out there. You know, it's a hard first day of work for somebody. But then, uh, even then I was going, wow, this is kind of fun. It's a little bit too much fun. So... Another thing that happened was, in February, there was some things that went on in America that needed a lot of prayer, and I was, I called some friends of mine together to pray, and Olga joined us to pray, and I remember as they were praying and interceding for the situation, Olga was right there with me. So early on, not only, uh, well, I was just very attracted to her spirit, her prayerful spirit and her spiritual discernment. And uh, after we would have meetings with people, I'd say, how's your spirit feel right now? Not, you know, like, not like, what are your thoughts about the situation, but how's your spirit feel here? And, and so we were beginning to work together, not only just as friends and getting to know each other, there was a spiritual unity that was built early on. Then I went off, you can stop if you have anything to say about that time. Yes. Well... The only thing that I can just put in there right now is that I was really amazed at the way that Mike said that um, he was going to look at me as his partner more as his employer, the more his employee. <laughs> and I was really surprised at this because um, before I never was in this kind of situation where somebody would say, okay, you're not just employee, you're just somebody that um, I work with. And I was really... Uh, I guess I can say I was really happy and um, glad that Mike just looked at me as an equal person, that he would advise with me and ask me what I feel in the spirit about certain things, and I was really glad about it. I forgot to say before, I guess it was on like the night of the ninth or something, I was praying. Often I'll just be laying in bed looking up at the ceiling, I'll be praying. And I was praying because I wanted everybody that we hired to work with the organization, I wanted it to be the Lord's will. So I was praying, and I said, Lord, what about Olga? What are you? And it was almost like a, uh, I heard a voice, almost. But the words were, this is my provision for you. And it was one of those where I go, oh. You know? And I wanted to kind of dodge it a little. So in my thought, I said, well, this is for the organization. And then I heard it again very clearly. This is my provision for you. And that was um, just right early on. And so there was, uh, that was unmistakably the Lord revealing something in the spirit. It had yet to be worked out and we had to walk through a lot of things. But already there was that kind of something solid there. I made a trip in March, early March, to the United States. We'd known each other about a month. And... I came back to Russia with our wedding rings because I thought, I knew that I'd be returning to America in October for another meeting in Atlanta. And I thought, you know, Olga and I might need these rings before October. 
Now, the night before I left was the first time we we touched each other, like holding hands. No. No? No. What are you talking about? The night before I left. Well, not... Here, let's clarify this. This is our first spat. We'll just do it right here in front of everybody. (laughs) No, it was... It was, we went for a walk in the park. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that night. That's right. We, oh, that real romantic thing that we would never, ever forget. We went out of, out of town to this little park. It's yeah. one of the suburbs which has that's a lot true. of parks. And we walked like, like this. Like this, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and that's I right. was thinking, gosh, what am I doing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> I should probably stop talking just so I don't get contradicted again. <laughs> Show my l- poor memory. Um, when I left, the night before we left, or when we went to the airport to, to drop me off, I knew something was going on. I knew we had to be super, 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 super careful. But I did come back with the rings, which, by the way, uh, this was my grandfather's, my mom's dad's wedding band, and this was his wife's wedding set. So. They were married in the 1920s, I think 1927, married for 55 years. And so it's really great. And they were both strong believers, and they had a good, strong marriage, and they're good folks. So it was really an honor to be wearing these rings, especially. Okay, then I got back. We'll skip forward, but that was the sort of the foundation that was laid. Um, Oh, you could be telling about what you were thinking while I was gone. At first, I was really scared because I thought, gosh, am I going to really like him? <laughs> but um, I was kind of thinking, God, I, I was tired of thinking about all these signs. Like some people say, gosh, God, like it's the sign, you know, like this, all of this movies, it's the sign from God. <laughs> but I thought to myself that um, I just, have enough of all of these things, but the sign that will be for me is that somebody will tell me, if somebody will tell me that he will not kiss me until the wedding day is going to be the sign for me that this is the one that God has for me. That's what, what I was thinking. Okay, so I come back from America, <laughs> and I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about her and about how we need to be real careful. We're working close together. We're often alone together, running around out in the country. Got to be real careful about this. And it's something that I'd thought about. So when I got home, it was that evening, right? Mm-hmm. We're sitting on the couch in the living room just talking. And there was that attraction was beginning to build. And I said, oh, God, I just need to tell you something. I don't remember exactly the words. But, after that. Huh? You said after that, the director Oh, (laughs) I had been at a camp conference. You might remember this better than I. I had been to this camp conference, and there was this big, heavy camp female camp director from Siberia, and um, they're having a big party. They had me come up and do some dance, like it was was Man's Day. Yeah. So anyway, she came over, and and I was sitting here looking this way, and I feel these big fleshy hands grab me. Turn my head and then bop, this big kiss right on my lips, like, you know, wow. So, so I said, after, after that camp director kissed me, 
the next woman I want to kiss will be my wife on our wedding day. And, and I was looking at her, and I just told you today about that. As I looked at her, the look on her face told me that that was more important than just somebody who had heard that for the first time or whatever. And then she told me much later, just recently, that she had, had already set this as sort of her fleece or her sign from God that her, her potential husband would say that to her. So that was right after we got back in March. Okay. Huh? You did back in March. After I got back, sorry. Um, then the one thing that we had to do was uh, her, um, her mother is a very, has been a very strong influence in her life, and they, they lived together until we got married. We wanted to be sure that we had her mother's blessing before we would move into uh, being engaged. So I had, had a few conversations with her mom early on, saying we're kind of interested in each other, want to be upfront about it, I'm going to treat your daughter honorably. But her mother was concerned that we were just going too fast, and so we had to slow things down and be careful and slow. I don't know how far forward to to jump, but I still had not had this. Everything on my list had been checked off pretty much, and I knew that I cared very, very deeply for her. I had read a book called Passion and Purity. Somebody here gave that to me. Do you, I think it was somebody here who said, you need to read this book. It might have been David and Shannon. And it turns out that Olga had been doing, trying to do a Russian translation of that same book, so she's very familiar with it. In there, Elizabeth Elliot refers to never saying I love you until you're engaged, that you don't say I love you until you are engaged. And so that was something that I had established in my heart that I was going to do. I was going to wait to say I love you until the moment that we got engaged. And I told Olga, I said, something like, because she'll remember much better than I do. <laughs> There's something that people usually say to each other in these situations, but I'm not going to say that to you until a certain moment in time. And she was totally confused by that. <laughs> and I said it was in a book that I read, and she had to work it out for a few days or something. And finally, this unspoken thing was that we won't say I love you until we were engaged, if we were to be engaged. And that was a way for me to, to hold back and have some control and, those words are said so lightly so often that um, I wanted to be real careful and make sure that everything was done as honorably as possible. So we come up to, you went off on a holiday in August. And when Olga went off on holiday, we were going to be apart for a while. How many days? Ten days. See, I'm, I'm done. She went to the Black Sea. I stayed in St. Petersburg. And um, we, uh, before she left, we both agreed while we're apart, we're going to pray seriously about the future of our relationship and kind of left it in general terms because the last item on my list was called by God to marry me. So maybe you could tell now about, I think it was on Sunday night after you got back that you were praying and you had the, yeah. the or anything else. Uh, well, do you talk about our conversation on Sunday? Uh, when I got back from my trip with, a few days later, we talked about it, and kind of, I was kind of afraid to talk about it, too open, I mean, kind of was afraid to talk about it, but as I was praying, I felt real strongly that um, this was what was God was wanted for me, and um, I think I told you, Mike, that um, our landlord in Ukraine, we went to Ukraine, uh, to the Black Sea in Ukraine, and... Um, 
the landlord, the old man who went to the church there, he asked me particularly if I was married, and I said, no, I'm not. And he said, well, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to get married and bring, come here with your husband. <laughs> so that was very interesting. And then we talked with Mike on Sunday after I came back, and um, just kind of saying, well, what do you feel? What do you feel? And um, I was praying maybe like Sunday night or Monday something on Monday morning, I don't remember exactly. And I, one thing I remember, it always happened to me that I used, I liked guys before, and um, when I would pray, uh, I would always see God standing between me and somebody else that I liked at that point, and kind of blocking away, like, like if I stand and there's like another person in front of me, God would stand in between, saying, "Hey, <laughs> me," and that's it. <laughs> So, and I was praying, and I saw the same picture in my mind, that God was standing right in front of me, kind of blocking the way to everything else. And then suddenly he moved away. He kind of like turned and pointed behind him, and there was Mike right behind him. So he kind of turned away and pointed to Mike, and I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that was August 26th, Sunday. I think it was Sunday night because we talked on Monday. Monday morning, I'm up doing my morning prayer, and I'm praying seriously about this. And I'm praying, Lord, what is your will? I want to know your will. I don't want my will. I want your will. And uh, felt very strongly the Spirit say, Mike, what do you want to do? And my immediate response was, that's not my question. I want your will. I want only your will. I know what I want, but I want only your will. And as soon as I, my spirit responded, Lord, that's, I'm not asking what I want. I want your will, even though I desired very much to be married to Olga. Then the spirit said, your desire to be married has died. I knew then that it had died, it had been nailed to the cross, and I had actually just surrendered everything to the Lord. And then the spirit said, now you can receive what I have for you. And that was... a. I just, I couldn't, I didn't know how to handle it. It was just beautiful. It was wonderful because I had, I just said, I, you know, I'll just let it die. And then just a couple of seconds later, now you are able to receive this. So that was on Monday morning. And then she had had this vision on Sunday night. So Monday, we have a serious talk about it, right? And then Tuesday is her grandmother's birthday. Tuesday morning. Yeah. So we were going down to her grandmother's and grandparents' dacha on Tuesday for her grandmother's birthday to get out of the city. And we were talking on the way down that uh, after I had heard about this vision, then I realized the last item on my list had been checked off, called by God to marry me, and that I had been released into this relationship and had been given Olga as a gift, as God's provision, and that I could then receive this provision. So on Tuesday we were going down, and we were both pretty nervous about kind of knew it was coming up. I had the rings in my pocket, you know. We knew that it was going to be, um, we are going to get engaged soon and thought it might be on Saturday, but we had to talk to her mom and get her mother's blessing and weren't exactly sure how she was going to respond. So there's going to be a big party. What time was the party going to start down there? At, one, at four? People were going to show up at two or something like that. Shada was going to start at four, but it turns out people were going to be there at two. And so I thought, well, we'll get down there, we'll have a few, a little, a few, a little time to relax, we'll talk to her mom, and then we'll have a few hours up until 4 o'clock, maybe I could propose 
down there at the dacha. Well, when we get there, they say, everybody's going to be here at 2. And we were there at like 11.30 or something or 12 or I don't know what time it was. 12.30, yeah. So there wasn't a lot of time. And Olga says, let's go walk the dog. And I'm like, huh? I want to ask your mom for her blessing on this. And I want to propose. And you're talking about walking the dog and people are going to be here in two hours, an hour and a half. You know, so we go out walking the dog and I'm getting pretty nervous about it. So when we get back to the house, we say to her mom, Tanya, say, oh, we need to talk to you about something. And she said, what have you done now? Or something like that. You know, she didn't know what it, what have you done now? You know, she thought we, we said, so let's just go out on the porch out here. So she came out and we're standing up on the porch. And I said, Tanya, we have something very important to talk to you. And she goes, wait a minute. <laughs> Sat down, you know, kind of starts breathing hard, <laughs> you know. We said, Olga, you know, Olga and I have been very serious about each other. We pray very seriously. We feel like the Lord is calling us to become engaged, to be married, and we would like to ask your blessing. And I started to say, I may have gotten the whole sentence out, but if you need more time, then that's okay. We understand. But she immediately said, you have it, right? (laughs) Boom. Okay, great. So then I said, well, well, you know, Olga, let's go downstairs to the garden. We got something to talk about. So then we said, oh, oh, go get a camera, right? Because uh, some friends of mine had a, a picture of the moment they were engaged. Uh, what was that couple? He was a lawyer here. They were at Mission Hills. He's a big guy, a big tall guy, and he's a lawyer. Do you remember him? Anyway, they had a picture of their actual moment of proposal, and I thought, well, Olga's mom is here. And let's, so ran off to get a camera. We went down. So she was up on the porch, and then I, that was the first time I said, I love you. Olga, I love you and proposed marriage, knelt, and some of you have gotten a Christmas card. And that picture was taken by her mom at the moment that I was proposing. So that's the actual moment. This dacha, the place we were, is the summer home. Olga was raised by her grandparents quite a bit and spent her summers at this place playing in this very garden for all of her childhood years and just all of her life. So it was really special that the Lord orchestrated things so that we could be engaged there, that place. Do you have anything to say about that? Nope. That's the that's the process. So that was August 28th, right? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So anyway, then there are wedding pictures here. We got married on November 24th. <laughs> that was second marriage. That was second marriage. <laughs> no. Actually, it's our that was our second marriage. <laughs> Our first one was on October 18th. <laughs> 18th. There's a state wedding and then a church wedding. And we had our state wedding first where we just signed documents and got a marriage certificate. But we did not consider ourselves man and wife. And that was for about five weeks before our actual church wedding when we became man and life. Men in life. <laughs> she is my life. So anyway, and then there's a picture here somewhere of our first kiss because that was our first kiss was... Uh, it was a doozy. <laughs> yeah, it was good. So anyway, we just wanted to... Is there anything else you'd like to share about that? Uh, well, I just was surprised that Mike thought so soon. <laughs> uh, because I, in my head, I was like thinking, well, maybe sometime in the winter he'll propose and then somewhere we'll get married or something. So I was thinking like a year from August or something. And when he said that he wanted to get engaged in a couple of days and... 
then get married in a couple of months. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking we'd get married before October. So I was on this, but I couldn't say anything to her. Of course, couldn't mention that. So it took her a little while to kind of get used to the idea. Still does. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, since then we've been traveling all over the place and got to spend five days in Switzerland. And then we're over here uh, going back on January January 1st. But the, the reason that we wanted to take this time is so that our close friends here uh, in Austin could just hear the whole story. And also, I guess to be an encouragement, if you're in a position where you really are anxious for something, just to wait on the Lord and to seek Him. And um, certainly in the area for the single folks here, if you're thinking about it, wait on the Lord, be patient. You know, I'm an older fella, so it's been 15 or 20 years since I've been wanting to get married, and it just happened. Anybody remember what I just said so we can stay back on the table? No. But anyway, I, just an encouragement that God does work, and if you just wait, and, and you might have to wait a long time, and you might have to go through a process of death that really hurts, but ultimately the Lord's will is that he brings life, and abundant life, and more than you could, uh, more than I could certainly have asked for, more than I did ask for, and more than I could have imagined in Olga. So it's, uh, we just want to encourage you all to look to the Lord, and we want to give him the thanks and the praise for the good things that he's done. And uh, I've had several people say to me, Mike, you done good. I'll say, you know, I didn't, I didn't go looking. I didn't, you know, I, the Lord provided and I was actually trying to dig my heels in as much as possible, not to go too fast and wait for the Lord to reveal His will and to bring unity and all of those things. And it happened pretty quick. It happened pretty quick, but it, I can say it happened in God's timing. Jesus said to His disciples, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Thank you for listening, and God bless you all.